A little boy meets his sports hero and is accused of being a racist. Biden's chief economic advisor struggles to defend the economy. Plus, singer Jason Aldean fights back against cancel culture. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields and a little boy who happens to be a crazy Justin Fields super fan. Now, because this story involves a left-wing woke sports journalist, it's apparently critically important that I reveal that Justin Fields is black and the little super fan is white. Why is that important? because that's the only thing that is important to the woke radical left. Everything is about race and promoting racial division. So check this out. Justin Fields hosted what's known as a mini camp for kids. These kids get to hang out on a football field, run football drills, and probably most importantly, meet their heroes. Just check out this boy's reaction when he met his, Justin Fields. Just look at this. He shakes hands with his hero and gets picked up in the air. He's thinking, this is the best day ever. I mean, just look at the smile on his face. Then the kid thinks he's done, but Fields brings him back for a really cool picture. This is what kids who are sports fans dream about. And he finishes things off with a very excited high five. What a moment of wholesome fun, right? Well, it should have been, but then enters the woke left to tear everything down. Apparently, as reported by Sportskedia, a journalist and sports host is upset because the white kid imitated his hero just a little bit too much. And thus, the little boy is guilty of racism. Trending. A prominent Michigan-based journalist and sports host has reached out to the Bears over her concerns of a video that carries racist undertones. White parents need to educate their children on what is exclusively black culture. Racist undertones? Are you kidding me? The white kid is so racist that not only is his hero a black quarterback, but he wants to wear his jersey, his sunglasses, and his hairstyle. Oh, and don't forget the huge smile on this boy's face when he meets his hero. Yep, it's got racism written all over it. Give me a break. This whole cultural appropriation is ridiculous. I once talked to a leftist who complained that she saw two white girls buying Mexican dresses from a small shop run by a Mexican family. The store is open to all people, but according to this woman I talked to, only Mexican people are allowed to buy anything. So are Mexican restaurants just for Mexicans? What happened to sharing cultures, sharing music or art or fashion? Wouldn't that bring people closer together? Of course it would, and that's why the left hates it. They hate the great American melting pot. The left wants each culture to stay separate and of course, focus all energy on racial division. So what do you think? You think this little boy is a racist? Or maybe should this journalist focus on actually covering sports news rather than being just another left-wing hack? Let me know in the comments. All right, next let's talk about the Biden economy. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, next let's talk about Joe Biden's top economic advisor, Jared Bernstein, because this guy was sent out over the weekend to do what can't be done. 
make Biden's economic record look like something other than the complete and total failure that it is. Appearing on Fox News Sunday, Bernstein was shown some recent polling to set the stage. Monmouth University polling this week says only three in 10 Americans feel the country is doing a better job recovering economically than the rest of the world since the pandemic. And our Fox News polling, when people are asked, how are the president's policies affecting your family? 31 percent say not doing anything. 48 percent say they're actively hurting American families. So what's your message to them? Is their experience not legitimate or valid? Now, I just love to give the setup because it helps put their answers in the proper context. And it also helps to see whether they dodge the question, make excuses, or just totally say something dumb. Bernstein's response had a little bit of everything. Well, certainly we don't question people's experience. They're the best arbiters of how they're doing. Uh, but I think we also have to understand what folks have gone through, what American households have gone through over the last couple of years. A once-in-a-century pandemic, a global inflation unleashed by that pandemic, Putin's illegal invasion of the sovereign nation of Ukraine, all of these weigh on consumer uh, confidence and sentiments. Do you think he realizes that he just admitted that the polling is right? Shannon Bream showed how the American people hate the Biden economy. And Bernstein's very first reaction is, well, the American people are the best arbiters of how they're doing. He's right. And those American people say things are terrible. Then he went through the laundry list of excuses. The inflation didn't just happen. It was brought on by massive spending from Biden, just printing trillions and trillions of dollars. Also, the Russia-Ukraine conflict is not what is causing problems in the U.S. It's America's response that's the problem. It's the sending of billions and billions of dollars. Again, money we don't have. And another example of being completely out of touch, Bernstein was asked about gas prices. And here was his explanation. Look, gas, here's a good way to think of it, because we've had rising wages and falling prices. A year ago, if you pulled up to the pump, you could get five and a half gallons of gas for an hour of work for a middle wage worker. So you pull up to the pump, it takes you an hour of work to get five and a half gallons. Now you get eight gallons for that hour of work. Okay, so that's that's a 40 plus percent improvement. We've seen White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre do something similar when she's basically saying, hey, look, we're not as bad as we used to be. So you should be happy with this new normal. They leave off the part about gas prices being much, much better before Biden took office. The Fox News host reminded Bernstein of that fact and check out his response. Because when he took office, it was $2.39 a gallon. Now it's about $3.60 a gallon. So we're still in less than two years in a worse place. So it depends on, yes, it depends. I mean, it, it depends on what your benchmark is. So It depends on what your benchmark is. Inflation, food, Gas prices, all are higher under Biden. And the only thing his team can say is, hey, we're not as bad as we were last year. That's not a winning message. All right, next let's talk about country music singer, singer Jason Alding and his hit song, Try That in a Small Town. Because through this song, the backlash and the success we are seeing set yet another example of the power of ordinary American people. People who are sick of the left-wing woke nonsense people who share American values, people who just want to live their lives in a country that supports faith, family, freedom, and patriotism. To bring you up to speed on this story, Aldine's song was doing great, no controversy. Then when the video came out, Country Music Television, or CMT, pulled the video from its lineup, citing the typical Marxist talking points that it's racist. Cuss out a cop, 
The song contains actual news footage of riots and looting and all the stuff that goes on in Democrat-run cities. And all he says, try that in a small town. Well, the media then joins CMT in criticizing Aldine and the song, making idiotic claims like the song promotes lynching. The CMT, uh, it's accusing Jason Aldine's uh, music video you just saw there of being pro-lynching. Aldine has responded saying in part, quote, these references are not only meritless, but dangerous. There is not a single lyric in the song that references race or points to it. And there isn't a single video clip that is not real news footage. It's interesting that the left has no problems with rioting and looting and assaulting law enforcement officers, but if you talk about it or sing about it, then there's a problem. Jason Mason, Justin Mason, one of the panelists on that Newsmax segment, applauded Aldine for standing up to the woke mob. When the woke crowd comes after you like this, if you back down an inch, they're gonna keep coming after you. And I think he's doing the right thing by saying, you don't want me to play this song, I'm gonna play it more. And thank you for listening, everybody, because it's still number one. Um, so keep doing what you're doing, because if you back down an inch, they're gonna keep coming after you. Mason is right. Those left on the left will certainly keep trying to push their agenda. But what we have been seeing recently should give everyone hope and should send a strong signal to the woke mob. Yes, the left will keep pushing, but the big mistake they've made is that they assume the American people will just take it, that the left has the power. That is 100% wrong. The normal, everyday American person has the power. And all you have to do is look at the billions of dollars of market value lost by Bud Light and Target for your proof. The left tries to encourage boycotts of people or products, but just look around. Those efforts fall flat. Is anyone boycotting Aldine's song? No, it's number one. But when conservative Americans band together, the impact is phenomenal. The woke mob is seeing pushback that it has never seen. And the results are amazing. Woke movies are tanking. Bud Light now has become a term that you don't want to be associated with. And the cancel culture is losing. We just need to keep up the pressure and remember one fundamental ideal that the Founding Fathers so brilliantly recognized. Our rights, our power comes from God and resides in us, not the government, not some woke mob. And we are the ones in control. All right, next, a quick update on Hunter Biden and his business dealings with foreign governments and, of course, with his father, the big guy, Joe Biden. Now, often in politics, we have that, those crucial questions. What did he know and when did he know it? For Joe Biden, it's did you have any involvement in your son's business dealings? And the answer has been a consistent no. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. Did Hunter Biden commit a crime? Have you spoken to your son, Mr. President-elect? Proud of my son. Are you confident your son did nothing wrong? I'm confident. Do you still think that the stories from the fall about your son Hunter were Russian disinformation and smear campaign, like you said? Yes, yes, yes. God love you, man. You, you're a one-horse pony. According to Joe, Hunter has done nothing wrong. It's all Russian disinformation. And Joe never had anything to do with Hunter's business operations. Interesting. We've now heard from not one, but two government whistleblowers and been presented tons of evidence. And the case against the Bidens just keeps growing. In new news, the former best friend of Hunter Biden, who also sat on the Burisma board with Hunter, claims that Joe Biden most certainly knew about and discussed Hunter's business dealings because Joe was in Hunter's meetings. 
either in person or on the phone. Hunter Biden would dial in his father, then Vice President Joe Biden on speakerphone into meetings with his overseeing business partners, according to testimony expected before Congress this week from Devin Archer, the first son's former best friend. Archer 48, who is facing jail for his role in $60 million bond fraud, is scheduled to testify to the House Oversight Committee about meetings he witnessed that were attended by Joe Biden either in person or via speakerphone when Hunter would call his dad and introduce him to foreign business partners or prospective investors. Wow, the Biden story just keeps unraveling and the left-wing media continue to ignore it. One thing is for sure, we're getting to the point where the story will be too big for the media to ignore and be forced to cover it. Also, for those on the left who really truly want to dump Biden from the 2024 ticket, this may be the story that gets it done. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, today's show's one sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The one sheet gives you the links to all the videos and stories used on today's show, so you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show will be Wednesday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is the 13-Minute News Hour.